This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to a mini-sode. I'm bringing them back because I've heard from you and you've been missing them. So let me know if you want more, and I'll be doing more. And if not, I won't be doing more. So let me know. Shame. What is it? I am so excited that you're here today and willing to listen to this mini-sode about shame because it's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. Well, I do. And Brene and I have loved talking about it. And I'm so thankful for her work, Brene Brown. We don't talk about it. We hide away from it. And shame is that voice of, you're not enough. You know that one. You're not enough. You're not smart enough. You're not thin enough. You're not rich enough. You're not perfect enough. You're not good enough. It's that voice of, you're not enough. It's also that voice of, who do you think you are? For men, Shame is weakness. For women, Brene has said that shame for women is the web of unattainable, conflicting, competing expectations about who we're supposed to be. And it's a straitjacket. When I work with clients, and remember, most of my clients work with me to do this work on shame and vulnerability. They love Brene's work. I'm one of her facilitators, and they come and work with me. And often I'll say, so what are you feeling? Sad, angry, mad. Then I'll read them this definition, and it's usually the one about women. Shame for women is the web of unattainable, conflicting, competing expectations about who we're supposed to be. And they say, yes, that's what I'm feeling. Oh, I guess it's shame. And for men, it may be, for my male clients, it may be like, so how are you feeling? You know, and they could be angry or mad and maybe powerless. And I'll say, could that be shame? And they realize, yes, it's shame. And my clients start to create this awareness of shame. Shame is what gets in our way of living our lives where we're connected, where we can show up and be brave. Shame is that voice in the back of your head that is saying, I am bad. And it's very different than guilt, which is, I did something bad. I made a mistake. Shame is, I am bad. And I want to talk about this word embarrassment because so often we use that culturally as, it's kind of like the cover for shame. It's like, oh, well, I was really embarrassed that I did this. And really, when we unpack it further, they were really ashamed because embarrassment is something that's fleeting and often funny. So let's take a look at this. How could that be? You go to the bathroom, you're at coffee with your friends, you go to the bathroom, you come walking out, and there's toilet paper hanging out of your pants. And you're with your girlfriends or your friends, and you kind of can laugh about it like, oh, silly me, right? That's embarrassing. It's not how we want to show up, but we know we're not bad because of it. Now that same scenario in a different setting, maybe in a workplace setting, could trigger shame. But in this safe place, maybe not. That's embarrassment. It's something that's fleeting and often funny. Maybe you trip and fall. That can be embarrassing. You're not bad. You fell, right? We all fall. Shame is feeling alone, that it's only you. 
That's the difference. So again, we use embarrassment culturally. I hear it all the time. Oh, I'm embarrassed when it's really shame because shame is that pink elephant. And until Brene came around, we weren't talking about it. So I'm so thankful for her and her work because she's giving us a language and a lens to look at the world. I love to talk about it. And why do I love to talk about it? Because if you understand shame and how it operates in your life, you can, you have so much more power. But if you don't understand shame and how it operates in your life, shame will operate your life. When I'm in a place of shame, when I'm rooted in shame, my behavior is not great. My, the results in my life are not great. I get in my own way. Shame is one of those things that gets in our way. It is very destructive. So we want to talk about it. We want to create an awareness about shame in our, our shame gremlin stories. Otherwise, you're going to try to hide it, hustle it, outrun it, or overpower it. And then that's when people come to me because they're exhausted, right? They're overachievers. They've worked their butts off to run away from whatever the I'm not enough. And they're exhausted. It is exhausting to try to outrun shame. You can't. It will always be there. So instead, if we can look at our shame, feel those feelings, unpack the stories that are creating the shame and move through it and be authentic as we move through it, that's where we become resilient. And unfortunately, I had a client, worked with her for a while now, and she was going through this situation and she'd moved through it and there was a lot of shame one day and she wasn't, you know, it was really negative. It didn't feel good. She was not very nice to herself and she had all these stories and she sent it to me in a reflection before we had our session and she really felt negative. And then when we were processing and unpacking it, she's like, and I said, well, where are you now? And she's like, oh, I'm like a one and a two. Before she's like a negative four, negative five on the body compass. And it was so interesting because like she was living in a living example of Brene's work. Like when you share your story with somebody who's earned the right to hear it, shame can't exist. And that's what happened. She owned her story with herself when she was writing it, rumbled with all the stories and how she was feeling, moved through the swampland. The next morning when we got together and we were working on it, she was able to tell it to me more and she was actually feeling better. Nothing had changed except instead of running from it, she was able to be with it and move through it. And what she said to me is, it took a lot less time than it used to. And my comment to her was, yay you, you're now shame resilient. It doesn't sound sexy, right? It's not transformative. It's not what would put you like on this TV show of transformation, but it is so foundational to living the life that you want and to living wholeheartedly. So that's why we talk about shame. Now, again, remember a couple of components is when we talk about shame, one, it has to be with somebody who's earned the right to hear it. And that one of those people has to be you. That's so important. And then somebody else and not doing shame by yourself. We think we can, but remember, that's one of the myths of vulnerability. So, paying attention to shame, understanding your shame, talking about it with somebody who's earned the right to hear it and finding that, cultivating those kind of relationships and also cultivating it with yourself, right? Owning yourself. There's so often we want to stick our head in the sand and be like, no, no, no. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, hear this story in my head that I'm a loser. Let me just prove how I'm not. 
instead of like, isn't that interesting that I have this belief that I'm a loser, right? And then finding the people that you can share that with because as you do over time, that shame devolves, dissolves in that situation or in that arena, as Brene will like to say. Something else that's important is if, you, if you're struggling with like, well, you know, where is my shame? Well, if you're struggling with perfection, you're struggling with shame. So look in the areas of your life where you're struggling with perfection. Where are you trying to be perfect? Because we have this belief, if I look perfect, if I act perfect, if I do it perfectly, I will be safe, right? Perfection is our armor. We use it to armor our heart to protect us from being hurt. Let me just do it perfectly. Perfection is the birthplace of shame. Okay. So I really work hard on, I like to do things well. I like to be productive and efficient. And it can be a tipping point, very slight, (laughs) slight, slight movement to the other side where all of a sudden I can go into the land of perfection. That is dangerous zones for me. So it's really about stepping out of perfection and practicing. And that's why so often you hear me talk about on the show of practicing. My clients hear me use the word practice all the time. It's about practice, practice, practice. My husband has this great line that he tells his athletes all the time. He goes, you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And I think that is such a huge takeaway for us all. You don't have to be perfect to be amazing. I mean, he was using that in terms of to be an amazing athlete. But then, you know, he's over the years as he's been saying it more and more, you don't have to be perfect to be an amazing person. And isn't that counter what we've been told for so many years? So shame, it's that voice of you're not enough. For men, it's weakness. For women, it's that web of unattainable, conflicting, competing expectations about who we're supposed to be. It's that crappy question of who do you think you are? Shame means I'm bad. That is shame. And I invite you to unpack it and pay attention and feel it because you're going to feel it, but it's so much better than trying to disconnect from it. And at Wellesley, they study shame also, and they have these things called the shame shields. And there's three shame shields. There's one where it's moving away, the other one moving towards, and the other one moving against. There was a lot of moving when I was learning this. I'm like, that's I'm not going to be able to capture it. So I renamed them, moving towards, hiding away, and disconnecting. An example of that would be drinking, eating, like a lot of my clients who will use food to numb, anything, TV, Netflix, sleeping, distracting yourself with different behaviors, that can be moving away. Okay, Moving towards is people-pleasing or the word I like to use, approval whore, right? Where you're trying to please somebody so that you can try to take this feeling away. And then the other one is one of my go-to favorites, moving moving against. And that one, I call it gladiator. Puff up. You're going to mess with me. Bring it on. Seek and destroy. A lot of my clients do this to themselves. I do this to themselves myself. And I call that the inner gladiator where you go up against yourself or I can go up against you. So an inner gladiator, how that would look with my clients would be storm eating or binge eating where they're just eating, 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 and they're not stopping. So those are the three shame shields. We use those to disconnect from shame. And that's why we're hustling or trying to hide or outrun or overpower. It doesn't work. And that's why it's so exhausting. 
And when you realize, and this is going to take some trust and have some faith, I understand that. And I'm thankful that you're here right now. But when you realize that if you allow yourself to feel it and you unpack the stories that are creating the feeling of shame, right? It's, it's, it's right here, you guys. It's the voice of, you're not enough. Who the hell do you think you are? You're not thin enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not perfect enough. You're not rich enough. Whatever that story, that voice in the back of your head is, and you're believing it and it's creating shame. So it's about taking a look at that. Like, what is thin enough? What is smart enough? What does having enough mean for you? Screw society. Like one of the things I always talk with my clients about is you being the boss of you. What is enough for you? That's a hard question. That's going to open up vulnerability, which is not a comfortable feeling. Vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And you're like, Corinne, seriously? That doesn't feel good either. Like shame, vulnerability, none of them feel good. But vulnerability is the pathway to the life that you want. It's the pathway to wholehearted living. It's the pathway to resiliency. It's the pathway to authenticity. It's the pathway to being able to listen to your own intuition. It's the pathway to connection. So, and I I say this all the time to my clients, you know, there's beauty in the mess. There's beauty in the mess. That's the vulnerability part, uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And while it's a struggle, getting on the other side of it is so amazing. And think about that. I invite you to go back to your parts of your life where you went through really hard stuff. And then how did you come out the other side? Wasn't there growth? I mean, you've heard me talk about this with Dan Coyle and the talent code and, you know, the struggle, right? And that's where the growth comes from, the myelination of the brains. You've heard me talk about this so many years now on show after show after show. It's that falling down and that getting back up. But we have this commercialized view of our life that, oh, it should be just, if I'm really doing it right, it should be nice and easy and smooth. Otherwise, it must be me. There's something wrong with me. I'm just bad. Right? We go back to shame and listening to our shame gremlins, and then we sit, sit in the swampland. So instead, unpack the story, really look at them, and, and really think about what is enough for you. And there's no right answer. There's no right answer. What is enough for you? And you may not know, but that's where you go and experiment. And then you move through it. And then what happens is it's like my client this week. You become shame resilient where you're like, okay, I'm not a fan of shame. I can do shame and I know I can move through it. So it's kind of this idea of I can do hard things and you know you can do it. It's not like you go looking for it. You know, we don't go seeking it out, but you know, when it comes knocking at your door, you can move through it. And that's the important thing about shame resilience. So I invite you to go and practice. Talk about your shame. Find somebody who's earned the right to hear your stories. And first on that list, I hope is you, where you can write it. And if you have to write it and shred it, that's okay. But really get to know what you're thinking and what you're feeling, and then find another person that you can share it with after you've shared it with yourself and move through it. Because here's the thing, you're not alone. You're not alone. And you have the right to ask for support and help from others. And you'll be surprised because as you share your story, you're going to find out you're really not alone because somebody else has a similar story. And that may take some cultivation to build that team that you have, that you can go to about the different areas in your life. 
And that's okay. Those are those falling down moments, right? And there's going to be a cultivation process. So I love to talk about shame. We talk about it a lot on the show. It is one of my favorite things because it creates so many prison walls in our lives when we don't talk about it. And it's exhausting. Or as Brene will say, it's a straitjacket. It is exhausting. And aren't you done being exhausted? Thank you so much for listening today. And it's time to do a shout out to Piggy Friendly for leaving an iTunes review. I am so glad that this show gives you tons of useful information and humor and we talk about the hard stuff and move through it. So I'm glad that this is helping you, Piggy Friendly. And for those of you, if you've sent in an iTunes review, I'm inviting you, email me with a picture of the view, a picture of yourself And because I'm looking at putting people on my website who have done iTunes reviews, and I'd love to showcase you on my new website that's going to be coming out. So go ahead and do that. I look forward to it. You guys have a fantastic day, and I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so high.